Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Coffee and Cream alongside Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers. Happy to have you with us. A couple of great guests. Uh, Katie Caldwell just stopped by it from the Pinnacle Bank Championship, which tickets are still on sale now. If you are looking to find uh, a grounds ticket or, or come out to any day from Thursday through Sunday, we talked to Sam McEwen at 8 o'clock. Lots of good thoughts there on fall camp and also on conference realignment, which is kind of where we are leaning toward now, toward the rest of the show. Um, you know, just a lot of havoc on Friday mm-hmm. as I'm walking into Bush Stadium and I see Washington, Oregon, newest members of the of the Big Ten. And I'm like, great, this is going to be fun <laughs> to follow along with. Uh, so we have some new Big Ten schools. Uh, but before we give our thoughts, let's go to line one, Shane, and pot up Thomas. TK is on with us here to talk about the new Big Ten schools. And also some congratulations are in order for Thomas Kuchera because it is wedding week for the man. Thomas, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Thank you, thank you. How you doing? What's on your mind? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing great. You know, really blessed. It's the week, but I'm uh, still pretty fired up from about last week when we were talking about USC. And I have no faith in the Trojans at all coming to the Big Ten. I have no faith. I don't think they're going to be able to transition to a good enough defensive team to compete. And I see a lot of hype around their offense and I think it's the same old story with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma just don't believe in them what do you guys think well I guess for starters um and um do you have any other thoughts or or do you want to hop off Uh, I was hop off hey you guys have a great day you too man thanks for the call um I have to ask that question because we're not actually in studio. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we're harder can, to navigate. Where we can see if yeah. he hops off or not. Yeah. Uh, but, but to start it off, I mean, it, it is a it's a real concern because what we've seen out of out of Lincoln Riley teams in the past has been exactly what he said. It's quarterback you. It's all about the offense. And last year, Caleb Williams was hung out to dry in that game against Tulane. I mean, he was playing on essentially mm-hmm. one leg. And, and he got still, beat up by Utah a couple yeah, times, yeah, too. Yeah, and, I mean. and Utah as well. It's a great point. But Utah is a really good defense. Yes, um, so uh, if they would have made it to the Big Ten, I don't think that would have been as much of a transition for them. I think they have the talent to compete right away. But as for – USC, the Big Ten's been built on defense. We know that. But I don't think that I have as big of a concern with them coming over as most people do because I, in the world we live in today, offense carries everything. Everything from start to finish. What, what you want to see in a college football team is a good offense. Nobody wants to see good defense anymore because what happens? Those games are boring. <laughs> we saw Iowa play San San Diego, South Dakota State last year, and that final was <laughs> seven to three, seven to three, and it's all but and it, you know how they got their touchdown defense, defense. Yeah. and that was the majority of that team. But nobody had fun watching that team. But you know what you do have fun watching? 43-42 USC Utah games. That game was incredible. You you love game was phenomenal. You love watching those yeah. games. So for the fan, I'm actually okay with seeing the way college football has been transitioning and how it works with USC. But I think it is a big concern to have for a team that was once led by Alex Grinch and couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And now that they're coming over to a conference, which has their act together when it comes to defense, mm-hmm. um, they, they may struggle a little bit in that department, but this year is going to tell all for me. 
if they have a defense that is better than what we've seen under Lincoln Riley and they're making progress toward being a, let's just say, a, a manageable mm-hmm. defensive team, yeah, then, okay, things will work out. So it's a wait-and-see approach there. But if they don't, I agree with Thomas. Well, there's a there's an interesting dynamic there, right? Because I don't think it has to be one or the other. Because And USC is in a unique position where they can recruit at the highest level. They can, they're going to be playing at the highest level in terms of one of the two best conferences in the country uh, pretty soon. And they can obviously get the skill position players at the highest level as well. The, the difference to me between like an Iowa and a USC is Iowa was just, was just so incompetent offensively, right? The defense, you could argue that with (laughs) USC defensively though. You really could. Right. But my, I think the ceiling for the players that USC can get is higher than the ceiling of the players that Iowa can get. So it is a fixable problem Mm -hmm. to me. Now, if Lincoln Riley is able to find those guys, recruit those guys, have the right coordinators in place, all that kind of stuff, that's a different question. But it is a fixable problem for USC. And it's all about having the right coordinator, too, with Lincoln Riley, because you know he's an offensive coach. You have to complement the offensive side of the ball. And as a head coach, he's leaning toward – being a, being a quarterback yes. guy, so you he's probably toward his offense toward his offensive coordinator. He's not on the defensive side of the ball. Which you know, if you really think about it, what USC could have benefited greatly from is getting Jim Leonard before he went to Illinois. Oh, absolutely, could that have benefited been greatly. A huge pickup for because you know USC just didn't happen overnight. So if you grab a defensive coordinator from the Big Ten, yeah, and and that. You knew your program was going to eventually land in the Big Ten. Why not grab one of the best defensive coordinators in the league? That was a huge miss on their part. That would have—I mean, it was a huge miss on almost everybody's part, right? For him to be an analyst, what do I not know? What do I not know? Everybody. Well, I think a lot, but I—I want to know why. I think there was an assumption he was going to end up as a coordinator in the NFL. That didn't happen for whatever reason. So there is a—there's an X factor here that we don't know with Jim Leonard. Um, But the USC thing is. You know, because you look at Alabama, right? Nobody would go to Alabama and say, hey, the defense is bad. They don't have anything else. Their defense isn't the stalwart in terms of these nine to six games against LSU that it was 10, 12 years ago. But they still have incredible defensive players. They get stops when they need to. It's a different style defensively. But what the Big Ten is based off of, and this is why Ohio State's been able to succeed, is the line play on both sides of the ball, right? That's not a that's not a shocking revelation. That's football, right? If you can control the line, you're going to win the game. But when you have these high-flying offenses, having the defensive lines to be able to stand up to the other Big Ten teams, having the offensive lines to be able to stand up to the other Big Ten teams, that's going to separate whether USC can be successful in this league or not. And not just USC. That's going to be the, whether Nebraska can be successful in this league. That's going to be whether Ohio State can continue to be successful in this league under Ryan Day. That's going to be the issue for Oregon and Washington when they come in as well. That is not a revelatory thing, but USC, for how high profile they are and how um, how prominent they were offensively last year, they probably have the furthest way to go on those lines compared to some of these other teams that Oregon got their lines kind of straight under Cristobal, continuing it with Dan Lanning up there. And so that's the, the big X factor to me is if they can recruit and get the, the guys in place on the lines, then the offense will work. We've seen it with Ohio State. That type of offense can work in terms of scoring a ton of points and getting a ton of possessions. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the lines right also. Otherwise, you end up being a Mike Leach team, which I loved Mike Leach, RIP. 
but there was a ceiling to those teams because they never had the infrastructure on the lines to carry them past what the high-flying offense could do. Now, TK comments, Lincoln Riley calls an offensive game that is so bad for his defense that they are already at a disadvantage. I don't think that's styles. a deal breaker. I don't think that's a deal breaker. You just have to play a complimentary style. You just got to manage the game better. Right. Really is what it is. I mean, Lincoln Riley can grow too. Sure. Grow as a coach, grow as a person, whatever. Um, but as you kind of like look toward the future and you look toward the transition, he's going to have to. He's going to have to he's, make adjustments for sure. He's going to have to fix the problem Absolutely. defensively. And that's why I'm kind of in wait and see mode because you you know what hasn't worked for you. You, yeah. you know how far you can get by just being an offensive-led Which team. Which is basically the college football semifinal. That's, that's, that's the ceiling. A, that's, yeah, that's, and that's, that's a as far as ceiling. you can go. That's a good ceiling, but if, yeah. you wanna, if you're at USC, that's probably not the that's, place that's they hire you to go. That's not the place I heard you. And that's why I say it's a fixable problem for USC. For Iowa, fixing the offense is a harder problem because of, A, the offensive coordinator who don't <laughs> I have, think that problem is pretty easy. How about you get Brian out of there? <laughs> <laughs> but then you still don't have the recruiting upside that USC right. does, right? So you still have to go out and find the right quarterback and the right skill position guys. You got your lines in order at Iowa, but there's the other spots that it's a little bit harder of a sell. You go back years and years and years. I mean, the last really, truly dynamic quarterback that I can remember at Iowa is Brad Banks in, like, 02. We're talking 20 years. They've had solid guys. That's you know, been a minute. Your Ricky Stanzies, your C.J. Beathards, those types of guys. But you haven't had a true dynamic game-breaker at quarterback at Iowa in 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge at Iowa versus you can get linemen to go play at USC. I think it's an easier You can get fix. a lot of players to go you play at USC. You can get just about anybody to go play at USC, right? I think it's an easier fix at USC than it is at other places. That's a great point. That's a great point. TK, we appreciate the call and the thoughts as we kind of talk about conference realignment and the transition. We'll get more into this as we head into our nine o'clock hour, but here's kind of like where I rested on Friday. You had winners, you had losers, and then you had the outcome, right? We talked a little bit about my side of the outcome with Sam about how I think they'll go to divisions. I'll dive more into that as well. But the big winners here are, well, the sport of football and that big sports will always be in the grain, no matter what. If you play a big sport, a high profile sport, you will always be in the grain. <laughs> You'll cash. You're the house. Yeah. And, and, you know, college administration, you can align with that, too. You'll always make the right choice from the business point of view. But the losers, on the other hand, the student athletes in the smaller sports, they weren't thought about at all in decision making. And granted, they they are never thought about, really. Student athletes in general are never thought about when it comes to these decisions. And then you also have, you know, the remaining Pac-12 teams that are just kind of like, what are we going to do with you? (laughs) What are we what are we going to do? I don't know. Like, are you going to stay and try to figure something out? Are you just going to create something new? Are you going to go somewhere else? Uh, but that goes back to the academia side that Sam McEwen was talking about. Somebody out there is going to want the academics that Stanford and Cal brings. Somebody. Yeah, it's just, is it going to be one of the major conferences? That's the major question. Well, we'll take a short break. Uh, when we come back, we'll get more into conference realignment. Before we go, I'll tell you about the Beanery. The Beanery is the official coffee of coffee and cream. We smashed our cups this morning like we smashed my mom's banana bread so far. Well, Robbie, <laughs> maybe not so not much. Not yet. He has his all wrapped up. As Sasha said, we need to pair that with some butter. Um, and then uh, that'll be a nice pairing with the with your cup from the Beanery. 
plenty of locations. Uh, they'll be coming out with some fall flavors here soon, too. So uh, make sure to stop by. They are some of the best, and they serve people coffee. That's their slogan over at the Beanery. All right, we'll take a break. 9 o'clock hour up next.